The NBA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. Get started today and you'll get a risk-free bet up to $500. Terms and conditions apply. Get the details at winbet.com. That's W-Y-N-N-Bet.com and download the app today. We're also brought to you by Odds Crowd. Odds Crowd has a ton of free fantasy betting contests, including a $2,000 season-long MLB contest and a $500 weekly contest. Download their app today at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash odds. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash odds. We're also brought to you by Better Than Vegas. Better Than Vegas is your home to free daily video picks from SGPN. It's like YouTube for sports gambling. Make sure to subscribe to our profile at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash BTV. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash BTV. We're also brought to you by PicksWise. Follow the PicksWise Capper Contest at PicksWise.com for free picks and analysis throughout the tournament from the likes of John Rothstein, Rashad Phillips, Jeff Nadu, and more. See which expert is trending hot as they battle it out for a winner-takes-all $10,000 prize over at PicksWise.com. We're also brought to you by SGP's own Masters Contest. We're also giving away $500 in our Masters DFS Contest that is completely free to enter. I repeat, completely free to enter. Just go to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash masters. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash masters. And welcome, everyone, to a Monday morning edition of the NBA Gambling Podcast. This is your host, ZB. We're coming to you live 11 a.m. Eastern time. This is Monday, April 5th, and I am joined, as always, on Mondays by my guy, Munaf. Munaf, how you doing, brother, this morning? I'm doing well, man. How are you? I know you're there uh, a little early there on the West Coast. How are you holding up? I see you got your coffee there. Yeah, exactly. I, I do. I am on the West Coast. My first time recording a uh, an, an SGP podcast from out here. It's definitely interesting. Had the uh, the six a.m. wake up this morning to take care of some business was not was not welcome. But we were just uh, debating the mer- <laughs> the merits of sports watching on the uh, on the West Coast versus the East Coast. Um, but yeah. you know, very very gorgeous out here and, and nice respite from uh, from the East Coast where winters is still is still around. Yeah. But um, so just a quick outline for today's show, we're going to go through the games. That's for tonight, Monday, April 5th. We'll walk through some of those lines and then we're going to um, talk a little bit about stuff we saw over the weekend, some playoff pictures, some very interesting movement in the standings here um, over the, over the last few days since we last talked. Um, and then if we have time in the back, we will get into games for Tuesday night. Um, but Right off the bat, anything that you needed to talk about, get off your chest from the weekend, or should we get right into these Monday games? Um, no, we could get into the games. I know. Uh, hopefully, we can get this out before the games go out tonight, so that we can uh, talk about the games and hopefully uh, our, our our listeners can get their bets in. Exactly. I, I will just say I I'm marveling over the efficiency of Aaron Gordon in Denver. So yeah, so you know, I, <laughs> I I just I just had to get that out to the people before we go to. The first game of the slate, which is not one of the better ones, but the Oklahoma City Thunder are at home tonight. 
obviously still without Shea. Um, plus three, where the Pistons come into town as a three-point favorite. That's an interesting line right there. The total is 212. Munaf, where are you going with this game that only a true Dejan will be betting on a Monday night where the right. national championship is going on? Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, this is an interesting, interesting game. I mean, you take a look at um the oklahoma city fender over the last two games just getting their teeth kicked in against the phoenix suns they lost by 37 in that game and then against portland on i believe it was saturday night they got their teeth kicked in in that game by about 48 points so i mean obviously those are two quality opponents in phoenix suns and the portland trailblazers who are you know in the top five in the western conference but you know now you're taking on a um a, a Detroit Pistons team who surprisingly this season has not been favored on the road. So this is the first time they are wow. favored on the road here. Yeah. So um, I, I mean, I don't, I'm not too sure what to make of this game. Um, you know, my numbers are indicating that Detroit, I mean, it's right on, right on minus three. So I'm going to go, I'll take uh, Oklahoma city thunder at home here in, in a underdog role at home. I mean, we take a look at their numbers. We've seen that at home this season as a road or sorry, home underdog nine and 14, nothing to marvel about, but I just like the spot here for OKC. You know, they have some young guys. We talked about Moses Brown, who's been, you know, one of the guys that we've been kind of targeting in player props, but um, you know, this, this should be an interesting game tonight, but definitely not going to be on the watching this game, not going to be on one of my screens, but (laughs) I'll be checking in on the score, but uh, I don't recommend betting this game at all tonight. Yeah, no, I I, I agree with you. I think you look at this Pistons team, they've been pretty volatile in the past couple of weeks, five straight games that are coming in a double digit uh, close. So I, I think, you know, like you said, First time Detroit has been favored on the road this year probably sends the signal that you probably want to take OKC here. Right. Um, just because, I mean, but then you look at this, the product that, I mean, they got absolutely clapped by the Blazers, as you said, and the Suns yeah. too, but just the lineup, the starting lineup, Poku, Isaiah Roby, Moses Brown, and then they have Teo, Maledon, and, and Svi um, rounding out the starting five. So, you know, I think they've shown also really an inability to guard on the defensive end. So, Mm-hmm. Over 212 here kind of looks okay. a little bit interesting to me. I don't know if you thought about that as well, but you know, the Thunder are routinely giving up here in the in recent weeks, you know, 120, they were 127 to 140 in a 133 in three of their last four games. The other two were also over 110. So, you know, this Pistons offense is nothing to write home about, of course, but they've also shown a capability of, you know, getting up there against a bad defense. We saw them do it to the Wizards. We saw them do it to the Raptors in a spot where I was on the Raptors. And you know, Jeremy Grant continues yeah. to do his thing, and they've seen the emergence of some nice young players here with uh, Sadiq Bay and Saban Lee in the starting lineup. Um, so I will I will uh, say that for this game, I do like that over 212. But on the side, I mean, it's th- thunder or pass. I think we both agree on that. Yeah. Uh, all right, yeah. I mean, not, not, not too much to go into on that game. The next game, also a, somewhat of a stinker, the Washington Wizards go to Tampa Bay to take on the Toronto Raptors, where the Raptors are a four and a half point home favorite. Total is at two twenty seven and a half. Moon off. Where are you going with this game here? Yeah, this is uh, uh, might be an interesting game if Bradley Beal is able to go. He's been out what the last four games for yep. the Washington Wizards, but 
Um, you know, Toronto coming off a huge blowout win against the Golden State Warriors. I mean, that was without obviously Steph Curry and Draymond Green. So a game that they should have taken care of business. Um, but now they have, you know, Washington tonight, um, you know, check the injury report for sure in this game. But man, it's just really tough to handicap this Toronto Raptors slash Tampa Bay Raptors team. I mean, we're not sure what we're going to get from them night in and night out. Um, but I mean, gun to my head on this game, I would probably lean with the Raptors or yeah, the Raptors here against the Wizards. I mean, it just kind of seems like the uh, Wizards have kind of lit in for the rest of the season here, especially not having Bradley Beal. Um, you know, there's so much that Westbrook can do without getting help from the other guys. You take a look over their last uh, three or four games, they got the victory against Indiana, but ever since then, against Charlotte, they lose by 10, against Detroit, a, a, a huge loss by 29, and then against Dallas, they lost by 21 points, so, um, and did not cover any of those games and be straight under that also, so um, it, I think if the Raptors are able to contain Westbrook and make somebody else beat them, um, that's the only chance I think the Wizards have in this game. But I think right now for the Raptors, you know, with Pascal Siakam, who had a great game um, uh, against the Warriors, you know, you still have Fred Van lead OG Ananobi, who's been playing well for them. So uh, I think this is a game the Raptors should take care of business against the Washington Wizards. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I do kind of like the Raptors in this, in this spot here. Wizards obviously loses a three straight. Uh, we'll take a look at the injury report here. Rui questionable and Brad Beal questionable as well for the Raptors side. Fred Van Vliet is questionable. So that's also one to monitor. Um, You know, I think it's funny. I saw a lot of uh, action on Twitter talking about how the Raptors point differential is better than the Blazers now because they got that like 70 point win against the Warriors (laughs) or whatever. So, you know, I, I had been using that statistic all year to prop up the, uh, the, the validity of the Raptors win total over that ship has obviously sailed on us, but um, you know, we will always have the point differential uh, argument to throw out now that it's been skewed by that one game. Um, but yeah. yeah, I think with the Raptors here at home, it's definitely Raptors are past wizards, you know, yeah. kind of on a little bit of a tailspin, obviously when you get blown out by Detroit, that kind of sets the tone for where you are in your season. Um, so this should be a, a good spot for Toronto here. Um, laying the four and a half, I will tell you that. Any thoughts on the total at two twenty-seven and a half here? I think the a number that you may want to look at is the Raptors team total here tonight. I think the over is a good play, also. But like a, we mentioned, that Washington's just been you know struggling scoring the basketball over their last you know three games without Bradley Beal. Um, 104, 91, and 87. So, I mean, for a team that we saw early on in the season where this team was one of the best over teams, um, and but when you don't have, obviously, the best scorer um, as far as points per game uh, this season in Bradley Beal, that's a huge loss on the offensive side. So that, that focus goes more onto Russell Westbrook and kind of containing him. And then you take a look at Rui Achimura, who's also been out for or is out tonight for the Washington Wizards he's been playing really well for the Wizards also so you know when you lose two guys like that you're kind of then depending on someone else to knock down shots for you whether that's a Davis Bertans whether that's a Danny Avdia I just don't think that's enough for the Wizards to kind of maybe possibly keep up with the scoring power that the Raptors have 
Um, so I think as far as a total, I look at the Washington Toronto Raptors team total, which is currently at here. Let me see if I can pull it up here real quick. It is at 115 and a half. So this team has the full capability of defense that the Washington Wizards play. So I, I think that's a that's that's a, if you're deciding to play a total, I think that's a total that I would focus in on. Okay, great. Now we're going to take a quick break to hear a word for our sponsors. Today's episode of the NBA Gambling Podcast is brought to you by WinBet. College Hoops is back, winding down, though, with a national championship game, and WinBet is live, bringing you the action of real sports, betting, and online casino play, all produced by Win Las Vegas. Get in on all your favorite teams, Cinderella stories, and tournament upsets. Don't miss out on the madness. Generous promos, odds, and parlays are happening right now at WinBet. So get started today, and you'll receive a special offer of up to a $500 risk-free sports bet. Terms and conditions apply. Get the details at winbet.com. That's W-Y-N-N-Bet.com, and download the app today. All right, coming back off the break, the best game of the night. Very, very excited for this game. There's been some shit talking going on in the in the New York media here between the uh, the Knicks, who you know they 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 think they're tough right now, um, going up against the Brooklyn Nets, where I believe it is possible that that Kevin Durant makes his return. Is that correct? Could, uh, clean. Oh, not yet submitted on the injury report, but is that is that is that correct? Yeah. So I just pulled up the um, injury report or like the report that the action network kind of puts out. And okay. you know, that first sentence that says James, James Harden is questionable to suit up on Monday after missing two games with a tight hamstring. We knew that, but then it says Kevin Durant is said to be nearing a return this week and has an outside chance of playing Monday as well. So definitely keep an eye out on, on that. I think they may hold out Harden for maybe another game or two, just for precautionary reasons. It's, it's my feeling, but um, you know, I think they, those two guys, you know, may be back this week. So just keep an eye on the injury report for sure. Yeah. And obviously, you know, James Harden deserves a rest for at least a little bit. I mean, he completely carried this team over the last couple of months with Kevin Durant out. So, mm-hmm. you know, he, that was another key piece of that acquisition was to carry them through the regular season for tonight, we have the Brooklyn Nets minus five at home at the Barclays Center to the New York Knicks. Total is at 216 and a half. Obviously, not a lot of clarity on the injury report. I'm guessing, you know, you probably get two of the three of the Nets big three out there. You know, yeah, um, that, that kind of seems like where it is going based on what you just said. So mm-hmm. where are you going with this number of minus five here? And th- these teams did just play a clo- relatively close game pretty recently here. Yeah, I think uh, I, I think this is a game where I kind of want to wait on an injury report. Yeah. If um, if obviously we know Kyrie is in, but if one of Harden or Kevin Durant does go tonight, mm. I kind of do like Brooklyn in a bounce back spot here against uh, the Knicks. And like you mentioned, there's been a lot of shit talking going on between the two media outlets. <laughs> and um, you know, I think this is a this. If anything, their Brooklyn Nets are reading into that. You know, this is a type of game where they can come out and just just smash the New York Knicks and let them know, hey, you know, we're the team of of New York right now. So, um, you know, especially you know, especially coming off of a loss for for the uh, Brooklyn Nets against the Bulls last night, obviously the Nav Harden, you know, it just wasn't enough for for Kyrie and Aldridge and Griffin to get the job done, but. You know, that's okay. So I do like uh, the Brooklyn Nets in this spot tonight. Um, 
but I did have a player prop for this game I did like, and I thought the number was a, was a little conservative, and I wanted to focus in on Julius Randle over the 24.5 points uh, tonight against uh, the Brooklyn Net, regardless if Harden or um, uh, Kevin Durant goes tonight. But you take a look at the two games this season between these two teams. Julius Randle is averaging uh, 31.5 points uh, in those two contests. They played back on January, I think it was the 13th or the 14th. Let me see here. Yeah, Wednesday, January 13th in that game in 40 minutes. 13 of 25 from the field. He scored 30 points, seven rebounds, five assists. And then fast forward, like you just mentioned, that they played uh, in on March 15th where, you know, the Knicks lost that game by five. He's played 41 minutes, 13, at, 13 of 27 from the field, 33 points, 12 rebounds, six assists. So, I feel like that number is a little conservative for uh, Julius Randle tonight, especially the, with the performance, uh, with the two performances he had against the Knicks this, this season. And then you would take a look at, you know, the last seven days um, against at least the center position where he, I know we know Randle plays at that power forward position, but uh, in that front court, you know, Brooklyn is giving up 27 points per game to the center position and then over about 15 rebounds per game. So, that was a player prop that I did like for tonight against um, the Brooklyn Nets was Julius Randle over the 24 and a half points. Yeah, dude, that, I, I, I was going to say the exact same. I think this is a good, really good spot for Julius Randle. Um, you know, you look at this Nets interior defense like you just mentioned. First of all, they're still trying to try to figure out these lineup combinations. Yeah. You know, Aldridge and Griffin started together against the Bulls. Steve Nash mm-hmm. said after the game he didn't like that setup. But, mm-hmm. yeah, Julius Randle, this type of mashing kind of interior driver is the – that's like the nightmare matchup for the Nets, which kind of makes you feel a little bit concerned about who's going to guard Giannis for them in a playoff series. We'll obviously yeah. talk about that a lot more as we go forward here, but mm-hmm. that is because Julius Randle is kind of like a mini Giannis in that, in that type of way. Um, and yeah, like you said, that the, the last game between these two teams did fall right on this number of five. I do think you want to wait for it a little bit just on the injury report. I do think there's a case we made for the Knicks here. Um, you know, they've been kind of up and down as of late, um, but obviously coming off that big win in Detroit, get a little, little bit of rest here. They won that game yeah. by 44 points. So, you know, the mo- the mojo is flowing. Um, and, you know, Julius Randle had 29 points in that game. So, you know, adding even more yeah. credence to what to what you just said. Um, so, yeah, I think, I think I would probably take the Knicks plus five here, but obviously you want to wait to see what happens with KD and Harden. Really looking forward to seeing those guys back Take a quick break here. What are your initial impressions of the Blake Griffin and LaMarcus Aldridge, uh, you know, set up in Brooklyn right now? Um, I mean, we saw Aldridge, but he played his first game was, what, two nights ago? Um, the Charlotte game, yeah. Yeah, against the Charlotte Hornets there. Um, I mean, he looked good. Um, you know, trying to pull up his stats here. Let's see um, how he did here. He's had uh, 11 points in both games. He had nine boards, though, against Charlotte. Yeah, I mean, it's... I mean, I, I really I just kind of go back to saying when we talked about that these two, when these two guys signed that, you know, it was honestly like just bells and whistles like with the signings, right? And, you know, veterans like kind of just getting on to chase that ring. But, I mean, I, I think we had mentioned that, you know, Aldridge is still a guy that can knock down those jump shots, um, you know, for, for, for the Nets when either James Harden is driving to the basket, he can kick it out to Aldridge. He's a guy that can still knock down those shots. I was watching the Chicago game a little bit yesterday. You know, he's able to, you know, get into the post and, and still make his moves. So 
Um, but we just kind of go back to saying, hey, this is Kyrie, James Harden, Kevin Durant's team. And, you know, we're still trying to see where Steve Nash, like you said, that he didn't like the pairing of those guys in the starting lineup. It's just going to depend on where and how he uses them in their rotation. Is, you know, one guy going to start? Is one guy going to come off the bench? You know, what's, I think that's something that they're going to have to keep on, uh, or sorry, they're going to have to focus on here in the next couple of weeks here to figure out, you know, how it's going to work. So, I mean, I, I think it'll be interesting to see going forward how it does. I don't think I can really say in a two-game sample for Aldridge how it's going to be, but, um, you know, Blake Griffin, another guy, I think the same opinion, you know, he's not going to be a guy that's going to get you 20 points. I think for Aldridge and Blake Griffin, if they're able to combine for 20 to 25 points a night for you, and and really I think the focus for these guys will be to help on the re on, on the rebounding side of things because we know these guys can rebound um and really clean up the boards and get the ball out to a Kyrie or KD and get down the get get down the get down the floor on a fast break. I think that's where I think that's where Steve Nash to that coaching staff needs to focus in on for Aldridge and and Blake Griffin. Yeah, I I, I agree with that. I think what's interesting with this setup right now is that DeAndre Jordan is out of the rotation to allow these guys to yeah. come in, which, which I, I personally disagree with that decision. I mean, I thought DeAndre Jordan was looking pretty good. He had obviously really, really nice lob chemistry with, uh, with James Harden. You don't get that vertical yeah. element with Blake or, or Marcus Aldridge. I think I was talking right. with, over this with some friends recently. They said, you know, I feel like an underrated part of those acquisitions were that how valuable the one seed is, is going to be in the Eastern conference this year mm-hmm. in terms of the playoff, because we have this bifurcation of the conference where, you know, Milwaukee, Brooklyn, and Philadelphia are entirely in a tier of their own. So you want to really yeah. avoid that matchup in the second round and right. picking up a Lamar Gasoldian and Blake Griffin, you know, those are guys who the reason why their careers have fallen off and the way they have is because they can't stay on the floor in a playoff series that they, they can still, like you said, go get you buckets in a regular season game, you know, yeah. on a Tuesday night in Charlotte, you know, that's what, that's what Lamar is Aldridge. That's why he's made hundreds of millions of dollars. So, yeah, you know, I think from that perspective, I think they are definitely chasing this one seat here. My only concern right now is obviously, yeah, Deandre Jordan being out of the rotation and Nick Claxton only playing 14, eight minutes respectively yeah. in these last two games. And I think he kind of brings that youthful energy. He can get up and dunk and he can also switch on the perimeter. I know you're giving me a little smile because I'm getting too hyped on another, on another, <laughs> on, on another niche young player who hasn't proved anything. And I'm talking about him as, as a key piece for the Nets uh, championship <laughs> run. But I no, do you're think right that- about him yeah i do think nick claxton his switch ability could play a vital role for them on defense in the playoffs yeah i i think you hit the nail on the head when we had talked about him before the acquisitions of blake griffin and and um lamarcus aldridge this is a guy that has the length i mean he just needs to be on the court and get playing time because he's still a young guy so i think for this brooklyn nets team overall it's it's really about finding that chemistry and figuring out the rotations before the playoffs because we've seen Kevin Durant, who's missed about, I think, what, close to two months now almost. Yeah. Uh, Kyrie Irving has been in and out of the lineup. Um, you know, James Harden has been really their stable guy. And then you added pieces like Aldridge and Griffin, like we mentioned. So there really hasn't been that chemistry, that 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 flow that you kind of want from this team. And, like, you know, I think Steve Nash – has a good problem, but it's something that he's going to have to figure out fairly quickly as we kind of wind down, you know, with about 20 to 25 games left for some of these teams. And then, you you know, right before you know it, we're going to be in the playoffs. So 
Um, you know, I, I think this is a bigger task for that coaching set for the Nets to kind of figure out how they're going to work this lineup because now your guys are healthy. We're getting news that, you know, Kevin Durant's going to be back either tonight or sometime this week. James Harden wasn't a big injury, so he's going to be back. So now it's just figuring out, you know, who this team is and, and who's going to be in that rotation for the rest of the season and then going into the playoffs. Yeah, I'm, I'm just so excited for these playoffs. They're going to be so high level this year. So many good yeah. teams. And I'm, I'm really excited to see what KD looks like coming back because, you know, KD was not Chris Bosh before this injury and before the James Harden acquisition. But it kind of feels like that's who he's going to be when he comes back, right? I mean, I feel like this is James Harden's team now. Yeah, I mean, he was playing at a heart at a high team. level. Yeah, Durant was playing at a very, very high level before you know he left. But when you have a guy like James Harden coming into this team, who's a guy that can get a triple double every single night and average a triple double, it, it seems like that it's kind of flowing through him. And I think a, a big part of that is having Mike D'Antoni on that bench because yeah. he's coached James Harden for several years or, you know, over the past couple, you know, four or five years. So, um, you know, James, you know, James Harden's going to take on that point guard position. So it's kind of scary to see because of the lack of success that Harden has had in the playoffs of at least getting to the NBA finals, do they kind of trust him or do they want to go with a guy like Kevin Durant who was with the Golden State Warriors and has that championship capability but it was kind of in a similar situation with Clay and uh, and Curry. Now he has that with Kyrie Irving and James Harden. So is he going to take that back seat again, which will be interesting to see now? Yeah, it's it's very very fascinating dynamic. Let us move forward on the slate. Obviously, we'll have plenty of time to discuss all of these uh, playoff dynamics here. Let's go to Minnesota, where the Timberwolves. Um, coming off a really fun game against the Sixers, a nice little Joel Embiid, Carl Anthony Towns battle. The Timberwolves are mm-hmm. at home where the Sacramento Kings are coming to town. The Kings are laying four on the road. Interesting little number right there. Total is at 235 and a half. Munaf, where are you going with this uh, Kings-Wolves matchup here? Yeah, I kind of like the uh, home dog in the situation. I mean, who are the Sacramento Kings to be laying points on the road? You said they were on the road, right? Yeah, I mean, yep, yep. four-point favorites at uh, on the road against a Minnesota team that we kind of thought would, you know, kind of mill it in, but they're still playing hard. You take a look against uh, F- uh, Philadelphia. They covered the number. They were very competitive in that game, only lost by nine points. Um, I mean, they did get blown out by the Memphis Grizzlies, but then they got the win against New York in that prior game against Brooklyn, the previous game they were battling in that game. Um, so I do like um, Minnesota here as a home dog with the four points. Um, I kind of do like the over in this game also. Um, you know, these two teams can score. We obviously have, you know, the Sacramento Kings who have, you know, we've talked about De'Aaron Fox, one of the more dynamic players in this league. Uh, Buddy Heald, you know, uh, Harrison Barnes, all guys that can score. And then you take a look at the flip side. Carl Anthony Towns should dominate inside. And then you still have Anthony Edwards who's playing well. Malik Beasley's back for this team. Um, and then they have, you know, the young guys and shooters around around those guys. So this will, I think this is going to be a sneaky, good, exciting game to watch with some of the younger players in our league. But I do like Minnesota plus the four points at home tonight against Sacramento Kings. Yeah, this this will be a fun game to watch. I, I agree with that. Uh, yeah. Malik Beasley is questionable here with left hamstring soreness. That's one to watch. Uh, Ricky Rubio and D'Angelo Russell both doubtful for tonight. Um, and obviously for the Kings, we still have Mar- Marvin Bagley out. Um, but 
you know, again, like you said, definitely home dog or pass here. I, I like Minnesota. They had a fun little lineup. Uh, Jordan McLaughlin is someone who filled in nicely for D'Angelo Russell and Ricky Rubio. And also the emergence of Jaden McDaniels, who's kind of the super switchy defender who fits really nicely alongside Cat. He's kind of, you know, pushing himself into the long-term picture and with how well Anthony Edwards is playing. I mean, mm. I don't think the vibes are as nearly as bad in Minnesota as they were, you know, earlier this year. Um, yep. Whenever, you know, of course, all the sad events that were going on with cat that was kind of carrying over the, uh, the franchise. And now they're kind of are this fun young team, like you said. Um, so definitely like th- this could be an up and down game. So definitely see the case for the over at two thirty-five and a half. And I also like Minnesota plus four, um, let's take a quick break here, and then we'll come back with the last three games on the slates. Today's episode of the NBA Gambling Podcast is brought to you by Odds Crowd. Hopefully, you entered the Odds Crowd Contest March Madness Contest for your chance to win $8,000. Odds Crowd still has plenty of free contests going, including a $500 weekly contest and a $2,000 season long MLB contest. And Odds Crowd isn't just fantasy betting contests. It's a social app built just for sports bettors. It's free to download. You can live group chat with your buddies and other bettors, track your bets, set up private betting contests with your buddies, interact with other bettors, and much more. Download the app for free or go to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash odds. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash odds. Today's episode is also brought to you by pickswise.com. Pixwise.com is helmed by a team of trend-watching, data-devouring, sports-fanatic wise guys, giving you the who, how, and why behind every prediction they give on every game, on every day, and every sport, and it's all for free. Pixwise just presents the capper contest to follow with the likes of John Rothstein, Rashad Phillips, Jeff Nadu, and six other experts all competing for a $10,000 winner-takes-all prize that should be interesting. So visit PicksWise, follow the action for their free picks and analysis every day of the big dance and going forward by visiting PicksWise.com slash March-Madness. That's PicksWise.com slash March-Madness. All right, coming back off the break here, another another really, really good game here. Um, The Dallas Mavericks are a home dog of four and a half points to the visiting Utah Jazz, the Western Conference-leading Utah Jazz, the total is 223 Mavericks still in that seven spot, but the Lakers continue to tumble. Uh, the Nuggets obviously just overtook them in the standing. So we'll talk about that a little bit uh, later, but where are you going with this game? A high powered Western conference playoff matchup. Yeah. I mean, I kind of keep on going back and forth on this, on this game. I mean, I think the numbers set at the right, um, uh, the spread is set at the right amount. Um, you know, Por- Porzingis questionable as well. Porzingis questionable. Okay. Um, I, I kind of want to stay with Utah here. I know, you know, Dallas has been playing well as late, but kind of going back to the jazz, nobody's really talking about this team for them to be a number one seed in the Western conference yep. with uh, well, have 35, 36 wins now and 39 wins. Oh, wow. So even I'm behind on that, right? So I think this is a game where I think the Utah Jazz might just have too much firepower um, on the on the offensive side, you know, led by Donovan Mitchell, um, you know, Mike Conley, uh, Bogdanovich has been playing where Rose O'Neal, and I think Rudy Gobert should have a big game rebounding inside. 
with a lack of a big man that the Dallas Mavericks have. And I know how much can Luca do to kind of keep up with the firepower that these, uh, that the Utah jazz have. So, I mean, kind of looking at the defensive or the, the, the numbers in this game, I mean, across the board, Utah, the best three point shooting team, um, in percentage wise, number two, uh, their number, their defense is number two in three point percentage allowed. They're number one in makes per game. They're number one in makes allowed per game. So, I think this is a game where Utah Jazz should have, you know, fairly easy success shooting the basketball against the Dallas Mavericks. But I think if KP, like you mentioned, is not able to go tonight, um, I just feel like this is going to be too much firepower from the Utah Jazz uh, for Dallas to kind of keep up with. Yeah, I think that the KP injury is obviously key because he brings that element of, of stretchability against Gobert, which can kind of help to break down that Jazz defense. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I mean. I want to go back to what you said. I, I tweeted this uh, a couple of days ago saying Utah is currently on a seven game winning streak, nine and two since all-star. And now it's, I think 10 and two and they're nine and one in their last 10 games added to their lead in the West, added to their point differential lead over the rest of the NBA, added to their net rating lead over the rest of the NBA. But now like literally nobody's talking about them. And it seems like there's kind of this tacit assumption in the like, you know, social NBA community that, most people would probably take the Nuggets or the Suns or even the Blazers with Dame Lillard over them in a playoff series. I mean, that, yeah. that's kind of that's kind of the sense I'm getting, or, or at least that those four teams are all in the same class. Now, I do think that the Nuggets are playing really well as are the Suns, but yeah, if I'm the Jazz, I much prefer this setup where they're playing just as well, if not better, than they were when they were on that crazy winning and covering streak, and they were the talk of the NBA, and then they kind of got that target on their back. They had a couple mm-hmm. games where they struggled, you know, Philly, obviously that that huge Utah Philly game. And it felt like they were kind of laboring under the pressure of the expectations and the attention they were getting. And now they're just playing better basketball and flying yeah. under the radar. So that that's obviously the ideal spot to be in. Yeah, I mean, you take a look what they've won, what, nine in a row now? And you take yep. a look at over their, like you mentioned, the last 10 games is something we love to look at is nine and one straight up net rating of 16.4. Wow. team. Yeah, is the Dallas Mavericks who are seven and three straight up? Their net rating is at eleven point five, so almost five, you know, points better than the next team. So, you know, they're getting the job done, and nobody's even really talking about them like we, like you just mentioned. And um, I think another game tonight where I think the Jazz should roll here against the Dallas Mavericks. I mean, it is a big game for the Dallas Mavericks. But we kind of go back to saying that. Does Dallas have enough firepower on the offensive step up with the three-point shooting and the capabilities that the Utah Jazz have on offense? And I don't think so. Um, and again, Dallas Mavericks, oh, sorry, uh, the Utah Jazz, number one in offensive rating over the past 10 games. Uh, defensively, they are number two. So they're getting it done on both sides of the basketball, which you know is going to translate to a lot of wins like they have been winning here um, over the course of the whole season, especially here in the last 10 games. Yes, sir. That it's going to be a great game tonight. Uh, let's go to San Antonio, where the Cavs, the Cleveland Cavaliers, are coming to town. The Spurs are laying nine at home. Total is two seventeen. Don't need to spend too much time on this game. My apologies to Cavs and Spurs fans. <laughs> um, where are you going with this game, Munaf? Spurs laying nine at home. Yeah, I think the big thing for me is going to kind of keep an eye on if Jared Allen or uh, Larry Nance go tonight. I see that they are both questionable or game time decisions uh, for tonight. So um, I think it's got to be Spurs or pass for me here. I mean, you know, Cleveland has just been struggling 
you know, since post trade deadline, I mean, you know, we talked about sex land all season, but they're just not translating to wins right now for them. Five, was it six straight losses here for the uh, uh, Cleveland Cavaliers? They lost their Lakers team. And I think their issue has really been on the offensive side. We talked about this on the last pod is that they're just not putting up the points against the Lakers, 86, 98 against the Kings, 75 against the Jazz, 94 against Philly, 101 against Miami. Some of those teams are good defensive teams, but if you're not, it's a make or miss league, right? And if you're not going to be making shots uh, in this in the, in the in these games, you know it's going to be a long night for you. But I think this is a good spot for uh, the San Antonio Spurs to roll. I do like one player prop in this game is uh, Jakob Podol or Podol. I don't know how to say his name. Purtle. Okay, there you go. Um, <laughs> over ten and a half rebounds. Um, you take a look at some of the metrics, defensive metrics, especially in the uh, center position for the. the Cleveland Cavaliers over the last seven uh, days ranked one of the worst defenses um, against that position. They are giving up 28 and a half rebounds to that center position. So um, I do like that player prop on, on um, I'll let you say the name. Jakob Pertle. And th- th- this is why we love you, Munaf. Munaf's throwing out player props at guys' names he can't even pronounce. <laughs> center Spurs center rebounding props. <laughs> yeah, so, you know, I mean, take a look at his numbers also, right? Um, I just want to quickly rattle off. I know we didn't want to spend too much time on this, but over his last four games, 13 rebounds, 10 rebounds, 14 rebounds, 11 rebounds. Um, and now you're going up against a Cavs defense who's not been playing well at that center position. Uh, I'll take that over 10 and a half rebounds. And they did match up earlier this season in that game. He uh, grabbed 12 rebounds in 26 minutes. So um, player prop uh, over 12, over 10 and a half uh, rebounds for him. Yeah, I, I, I like that play. I mean, I'm, I'm going to ride that just because, you know, we got to We got to shout out to Pirtle. Um, So great play there. Yeah, I, I think with the Spurs here, I mean, kind of sneaky that the, the Grizzlies have over, overtaken them in the eighth spot. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is kind of like a, a must as close to a must win game as you can have this, this early in the season. Cause you know, you got to take care of, like we've been saying, you got to take care of home court against inferior opponents. So I do like the Spurs here as well. You know, minus four thirty is the money line parlay leg. Definitely think that if you, you know, like any other games on the slate or maybe even with Gonzaga, if you're feeling you that, go. I was going to say that. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, I think the spur that, that, that minus four thirty could be worth throwing in a couple things. Um, because you know, like we said, this is one of those games you got to take care of home. The Cavs are struggling and they're beaten down. I mean, low key, the Cavs have the worst point differential in the NBA right now at minus eight point five points. So you know, kind of, kind of shows you how good of a tanking job the Pistons are doing this year that they have yeah. this like not that bad point differential where they've been able to lose games. Um, yeah. So credit to them. Um, last game on the slate, your Houston Rockets. Pass. Kevin Porter Jr. led Houston Rockets. We got to talk about him a little bit because he is a stud. Um, Houston Rockets are laying 14 at home to the Phoenix Suns. Um, You know, one of those games on the slate, 14 point spread, even for the home dog total is at 222. No injury report submitted for the Rockets yet. Uh, Is KPJ going to go tonight? I think so, right? He should be able to go. I think the question might be, uh, I think John Wall was already ruled out, but I think it might be Christian Wood that they're kind of waiting on. Um, okay. He's been a little gimpy for these last couple of games, dealing with an ankle issue, so I still don't know why he's playing, but I think that's what they're waiting on. 
Okay, and you know, with, with, with this Rockets team, obviously the new look Rockets, so worth getting used to them. Kelly Olynyk with 26 points, uh, Victor Oladipo trade return, you know, future asset, future asset Kelly Olynyk um, <laughs> with 26 points off the bench, got up 13 threes. So at least Steven Silas kind of getting some of his stretch big that he likes in, in offense. But any thoughts on this 14 points? Better do you want to just get into talking about your young new Rockets a little bit? Uh, I mean, who needs James Harden when you have Kelly Olynyk and the numbers that he's putting up, right? James Harden, who? <laughs> we don't need James Harden. Um, no, I mean, uh, you know, I, I, on our tally sites pick last, I think yesterday, I did have the Rockets. They were down by five, and then Christian Wood, with like seven seconds left, decided to foul for no reason, and then they cover the spread there. But I mean, you know, I think this is a, I think this might be a Chris Paul revenge game here coming back to Houston, you know, with the trade that happened with Westbrook. So I'm completely staying away from the team. I'm just happy that they're continuing to lose games here so we can get a better draft pick, whether that's going to be a, the top one or top two pick if we take, you know, Cade or Jalen Sugg. So uh, we can get into Kevin Porter Jr., kind of the construction of this team here. So I uh, post, you know, James Harden. Yeah, I mean, I think Kevin Porter Jr. is obviously just looking like an absolute stud. I mean, the the I feel like the Kevin Porter Jr. acquisition kind of mm-hmm. makes up for like imagine they had gotten him in the depot trade that would have made that trade look so much better. They got him, right. remember, for a free second rounder, right? That was like a fifty-five yeah. through sixty protected pick. So, right. like, just to pick him up, I mean, that complete this guy. I, I don't want to overhype him too much, but you know, no. It's a guy, yeah, I do want to over. I, I love his skill level. Honestly, it looks very James Harden-like out there. Obviously, the, I love the skilled lefty package that he brings to the table. It's just so fun to watch, so smooth. Um, and, you know, showing he can be a bucket getter, he's going to have all you can eat in this Houston offense. So, you know, that that pickup's looking really good. And then, yeah, like you said, I mean, we, we will surely start discussing this more and more as we proceed towards the end of the season. But this Houston, I mean, this NBA draft lottery is going to be absolutely fascinating with Houston and Minnesota, um, you know, coming in with the two worst records in the league and both desperately trying to hold on to top four protected picks, <laughs> you know, because yeah. Golden State and OKC own those picks uh, respectively. So right. that, that will be very, very fun to watch. Um, anything else on the Rockets or on the Monday slate? As always, we have gone well over our, uh, our allotted time budget, but anything else you want to get out there for a quick break? Uh, quickly, I just want to mention a player prop for the uh, Suns and the uh, Rockets game I had also written down was uh, DeAndre Aiden points, rebounds, and assists over 27 and a half. Um, I think he should have success inside against the Rockets here tonight. I mean, the last matchup, I believe he was around 26 points and 15 rebounds against the Rockets. Let me see here quickly. Yeah, 26 points, 17 rebounds. So wow. um, I, th- I think Aiden should have some success against the uh, Rockets here tonight. I just want to quickly put that in there. Okay, great. And just to recap, we had what? We had Aiton, uh, Aiton, Pirtle, and Julius Randle for tonight? Yes, sir. There we go. And and as always, make sure you are getting our daily NBA picks. That's on Tally site. That goes to our website, sportsgamblingpodcast.com. And we also will have a discussion of the nightly slate. Moonoff always with a ton of player props on his Twitter and also in the Slack channel, which is at sg.pn slash Slack. Let's take a quick final break here, and then we're going to come back talk a little bit big picture stuff today's episode is also brought to you by the sgp masters contest it's masters week we should have a ton of great content coming up on sportsgamblingpodcast.com as well as the golf gambling podcast and to go along with it we have a 500 dollars winner take all dfs contest for the masters that's right 
completely free, easy to sign up, $500, winner takes all. Completely free. And you can find that at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash masters. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash masters. Today's episode is also brought to you by Better Than Vegas. It's like YouTube, but for what hashtag Degens only care about. And that's sports betting. So we're giving out daily free video picks over on our Better Than Vegas profile page. Better Than Vegas is always running a ton of free contests as well. They have a ton of free picks and handicappers to check out. So make sure to subscribe to our profile so you don't miss a pick. That is sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash BTV. Sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash BTV. All right, Moon Off, here we go. Coming back off the break. I want to start out west in the Western Conference here. We're going to talk a little bit about the playoff picture, a little bit of pretenders and contenders action here. Uh, we got about 10, 15 minutes left for today's show. Let's start out west where the Nuggets finally overtaken the Lakers. They're now in the four spot. I think that's kind of a good spot to be because the Lakers, you know, mm-hmm. they are seven and a half games back on the Jazz, only a half game up on the Portland Trailblazers, and they are about to continue this ro- uh, road trip, five straight games on the road. Doesn't seem like they'll be favored in any of them, um, mm-hmm. which is kind of a and, – and obviously DeAndre Drummond, he comes in, get, injures that toe. Um, so it's been a kind of a slow start for him in in, in Los Angeles. Um, and, you know, Montrez Harrell continues to to be what, be kind of a nice force for them. But – and Taylor Horton-Tucker, Kyle Kuzma's been playing okay, but there's really not much there. So you got to assume that the Blazers will overtake them as well. Yep. Um, you know, if you're looking at uh, – how do we want to do this? I mean, I think that – go ahead. No, no, I was just – I guess we could just start from top to bottom. I yeah, mean, I, I think – quickly, I just think that those – that top two seeds, I think – one and two is either going to be, I think the Jazz are going to lock up the number one seed here in the Western Conference. I mean, kind of just take a look at their strength of schedule left. They have the, I think the sixth or seventh easiest schedule remaining um, here for the rest of the season. So I think they should lock up the number one seed. And then just quickly, I think we can knock those two seeds. I think Phoenix Suns will end up as a two seed. And I think the interesting yeah. part is going to be the three, the, three, to, uh, three to eight. Do we can start yeah. there? Yeah, I mean, that's a, that's a great point. I mean, the Phoenix Suns quietly have opened up, you know, a, a, a now a two and a half point a game lead over the Clippers for that mm-hmm. preseed. They're showing no signs of slowing down eight and two in their last 10. I mean, all these teams are playing really well other than the Lakers. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's going to be fascinating because like as of right now, it looks like Clippers Lakers in the three, six opening round matchup is uh is very possible, but let's start there with the Clippers. We haven't, I feel like we haven't talked about them that much, uh, you know, on this show going back, um, what's kind of your impression of the Clippers right now? And do you still see them as that, that prime title contender along with Brooklyn and a potentially healthy Lakers team? So, yeah, we, you're right. We really haven't discussed the Clippers here. I mean, so quickly here, I'm kind of looking at the strength of schedule left. The LA Clippers do have the easiest remaining schedule okay. in the entire league. So, you know, just kind of going back, I kind of correct myself that they may have an opportunity to, you know, get to that two seed. Uh, and Phoenix has the fourth hardest schedule left in the in the season. So, um, you know, I think that's going to be an interesting battle. We kind of talked, we really haven't talked about this Clippers team. And yeah, um, I, I obviously, you know, you're led by your two superstars with, with Kawhi Leonard, who's having a good season. You know, we haven't seen him taking many nights off. Paul George is out, you know, past couple games uh before he returned for the i think the denver nuggets game 
with with the foot injury, but I think the interesting part for this team is going to be in the playoffs is who's going to be that third guy to step up for this team and kind of carry them to, you know, possibly a Western Conference Finals appearance. I think the Rajon Rondo pickup is going to pay off in the playoffs because we know what Rondo can do in the playoffs. We saw it last, last season with the Lakers and then his pre- previous playoff experience with, you know, the Boston Celtics where he won a championship. But who's going to be this third guy that's going to step up for them? Is it going to be a combination of Serge Ibaka or, or is it going to be Batum or Luke Kennard, who's quietly, I think, having a good season? So, um, you know, w- with them having the easiest schedule here, I, I think – I think the Clippers in the back of their mind because of what the Lakers injury situation is right now is that they don't want to match up with the Lakers in that first round. So I think they're probably going to do whatever it takes to kind of avoid that matchup with the Lakers in that first round, because if they get eliminated in that first round by the Lakers, there's going to be a lot of question marks coming for the Clippers team going into the off season. I believe that Kawhi Leonard is what a, he has a player option or he is a free agent going into this summer. So I'm pretty sure he'll stay there, but it's going to be interesting to see what's going to happen for this roster. If, if they have that first round matchup, but um, you know, I mean, I mean, they're getting the job done this season. I I don't think we've talked about the Clippers because there's not much to talk about. Right. You have Paul George, Kawhi Leonard kind of leading this team, getting the wins. It's currently sitting number three in the, in the Western conference. I think their ceiling is going to be that two seed. I don't think anybody, like we mentioned, is going to catch the Utah Jazz. So I think it'll be an interesting battle between the Utah Jazz and uh, sorry, the Phoenix Suns and the Clippers for that number uh, number two seed. Yeah, and, and obviously the mechanics of the West are going to be fascinating because I I do think there will be some trickery to try to avoid the Lakers if especially yeah. if the if the Blazers, Clippers, and Nuggets stay this close to to each other. Um, right. And yeah, with this Clippers team, I mean, like you said, they there's nothing to talk about because they fell flat on their face in the playoffs last year and that loss to the Nuggets series. And they, the only way that they can redeem themselves in anybody's eyes is to, you know, advance farther than that and to redeem themselves in, in the playoffs this year. I think in terms of looking at guys stepping up, Marcus Morris has been really good in, in last mm-hmm. 10 games, averaging now 16 points, five boards, uh, shooting over 50% from three in his last, in his last five games, last 10 games, sorry, yeah. this team, I mean, they can really shoot it. So I think that that does provide a nice element of spacing around Kawhi and PG. And then, you know, Reggie Jackson, another guy in his last 10 games, averaging 11 points, three assists, three boards, uh, shooting 40% from three. So he's another guy that can kind of score a little bit. They've been tweaking with their lineups. Um, Zubach obviously looking really good recently, especially on the defensive end. He can kind of be a defensive anchor for them. So, and and then like you mentioned, you know, Luke Kennard off the bench. Terrence Mann is someone who stepped up a lot as of late. Um, he's mm-hmm. looking kind of like an, another energetic young slasher for them. And then Ronda. So they have they have a lot of pieces. I I consider the Clippers a, a bona fide contender. Um, and yeah, it'll be interesting to see where they shake out. Um, Let's go to the Denver Nuggets. Obviously, they are probably playing as well as anybody in the NBA right now. They have not lost since acquiring Aaron Gordon, and he looks like just a perfect fit uh, in this in the starting lineup on both ends of the floor. As a cutter, um, I tweeted out he is shooting 73% on twos since joining the Nuggets. I mean, he is just getting fed by Jokic. Their chemistry is already awesome, and he was a big catalyst in that. I mean, did you did you catch any of that Magic Nuggets game last night? 
I did. I, I caught the uh, first half there. Uh, yeah. <laughs> we were talking about it in Slack channels. Like, man, I, I was like, which team is favored by 17 and a half? Is it the Magic <laughs> or is it the Nuggets? But, uh, you know, they probably got into a locker room and shoot each other's asses out and be like, hey, what the hell's going on here? We're losing to one of the worst teams in the league. And they, they came out and won that second half by 70, 72 to 44. But, um, yeah, <laughs> I think uh, it was interesting to see. I was like, man, if Magic pulled this game off, they would have beaten the Clippers and and the uh, Nuggets in, in the span of about uh, two weeks. Um, but, you know, they got the job done. But like you mentioned, Aaron Gordon, I think probably Sneaky will be – maybe the best acquisition of the trade deadline and yes. possibly the entire season, um, yep. you know, perfectly fitting into the role here. We talked about, they needed that third guy. They got that third guy in this lineup. So, um, you know, a guy that can help them on both, both ends of the, of ends of the floor. So um, again, another team to keep an eye on here is the Denver, Denver Nuggets with, with, you know, Murray, Jokic, Gordon, um and, and you know Millsap and 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 some of the other guys that they have on this team, Michael Porter Jr., another guy that's been playing well, uh, um, you know, for the Denver Nuggets. And we talked about him. You know, he's he, he's going to be that guy that takes the next step for this for this team. And um, I think that pressure of Michael Porter Jr. living up to the hype is kind of lessened with the acquisition of of Mike, of Aaron Gordon, if that makes sense. Yep. Um. You know, he's averaging what in the season? 16.7 points. He's getting the rebound. So, you know, now, again, for this for this Denver team, I think they're going to have success in the playoffs as number one, staying healthy and just now building that chemistry with Aaron Gordon and, you know, Mike Malone kind of figure out this rotation. But I know you're the Denver Nuggets fan. You know, what what's your outlook for the rest of the season and then the playoffs? Yeah, I mean – I think with this Nuggets team, they are as ripe as anybody to take advantage of. If, if the Lakers are not healthy, I think the Nuggets do vault in a true contender status. Yeah. I, I, I would not take them, in and in I, I wouldn't give them a, even a chance of winning against a healthy Lakers team, honestly. I mean, I think it's kind of that's kind of in the back of everyone's mind is will the Lakers get back to that point? It seems like they probably will, but it's obviously mm-hmm. still an open question. And yeah, M- Michael Porter Jr., definitely want to shout him out. I mean, he's quietly one of the best shooters in the NBA right now. I mean, Nint people don't really think of him like that because he's kind of has a weird role in this offense, kind of like a stretch four. But first of all, last 10 games averaging 21 points and nine boards, 58% field goal percentage, 54% from three. So that's obviously not. And then on the season shooting 45% from three here. And, Mm -hmm. you know, like you said, the acquisition of Aaron Gordon allows him to just be a lethally efficient scorer um, with, with Gordon kind of taking away that, that rim pressure, responsibility and Michael Porter Jr. can just kind of hunt his shots when they're there. So I would consider the Nuggets a, a, a contender in a, in a, you know, not full strength Lakers universe. And then, you know, in the counterfactual where the Lakers do get back to full strength, I still do kind of see it as Lakers Clippers or, or bust. Um, let's turn to uh, the Blazers here for a little bit. We can, let's save the Eastern conference for Wednesday's show um, because okay. we are already kind of coming up on, on the hour here. Portland Trailblazers, they are, you know, still only with this low point differential, and they're kind of still just finding a way to rack up wins, getting back healthy again, seven and three in their last 10 games. Uh, they lost in that big spot against the Bucs, but otherwise, you know, have been be- able to beat up on a little bit of a soft schedule. Um, so in terms of contender or pretender, I think I know which way we're headed, but where are you at with this Portland team going into the stretch run? You know, it's interesting to see – We've talked about like 
I want to see, uh, we know what Portland can do in the regular season with Dame. We talk about season or in and out of every single season. Is he in that MVP conversation, right? He's, he's, he's in that conversation every single year, but for Portland, I don't care about what they're going to do in the regular season because we know what they're capable of. They're capable of getting that top four, top five seed, but what are they going to do in the playoffs because they haven't had that success under Damian Lillard. I mean, he's had those shining moments where he hit that dagger three over the OKC Thunder. That's where we're kind of remembering the Portland Trailblazers by. The biggest question for me is, does the acquisition of Norman Powell put this team into contention for the Western Conference? As much as I do want to say yes, I, I don't think I don't think it does. As as much as Damian Lillard's one of my favorite players in the NBA and a guy that I love to watch, I'm just not sure. I, I, I against the Utah Jazz, do I think they have a chance? Sure. I, I think they can beat them in a seven game series. Against Denver, I don't think they can. Obviously against the the two LA teams, I don't think they have enough. So right now, uh, for this team for, for the for the Portland Trailblazers, I think that they can obviously leapfrog the uh, Lakers because of their injuries and it just depends on if they can end up as a four or five seed a three four five seed where they end up between the battle between the Clippers and Nuggets and the Blazers uh, at least in the playoffs I just don't see them getting past round two into the Western Conference Finals it would take a, a monumental effort from Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum and and the, the shooters around them to to kind of leapfrog and get into that Western Conference Finals, but I just don't see it happening for for the for the Blazers. Yeah, and I think we this is it's crazy how they they try to they kind of try to remake their team a little bit on the margins every year, mm-hmm. and they end up with the same team ever. Like like you said, they've yeah. been this team every year, and it's like yeah, they could win a pl- an early round playoff series based on yeah. Dan's heroics, and I think they could do that against any of these non LA teams. I, I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, if they caught Denver in the four or five round, you know, if Dame put the team on his back, kind of like we saw Donovan Mitchell do last year. But, you know, we've seen Dame do this before, right? I mean, he had yeah. the OKC series with the send-off shot. He had the series against the, the Dwight Howard Rockets team, that famous yeah. shot. Um, and, you know, like, I just don't see them, at, you know, w- when they come up against the big boys, I, I don't see them having much of a chance. So, you know, it's, yeah. it's a little bit of a shame, but obviously – Dame is kind of that variable where he could he he could be the best player in a, in a playoff series against anybody. I mean, he's one of the he's one of the top guys in the NBA. He's proved that. So, you know, having the best guy in the playoff series is always a nice little uh, you know a nice little jack to have in the box that you could potentially just like go off on somebody. Um, last team we'll talk about. We'll talk about the Dallas Mavericks in a second. I do want to point out. I mean, if you just look at this play in picture a little bit, I mean, the mm-hmm. Warriors falling off a cliff right now. Um, they're really struggling and um, they are potentially going to be overtaken by the Pelicans or the Kings here for that 10 spot, which is the last spot to get into the play in. Um, and the Spurs are now in the ninth spot with the Grizzlies at the eight. Let's talk about Dallas's playoff potential and we'll get out of here. Where are you at with Dallas's potential to potentially, I mean, a Dallas Phoenix series. I don't think everyone in the world will be on Phoenix. I think that would be a, you know, it's somewhat of an even series here in the, in the first round of that, that matchup held. So where are you at with Dallas in terms of playoff potential? Obviously Luca only had that one playoff series last year, but he was obviously absolutely incredible uh, on that stage. Yeah. I mean, this is pretty much the same team from last season, right? I mean, it yep. has been no significant pieces that they've kind of picked up. So 
I, I think if the Dallas Mavericks do get into the playoffs, um, it's just going to be how far does Luka take them. And I don't think that – I think it'll just be a first-round exit for this team. Um, you know, you have KP, Tim Hardaway Jr., Jalen Brunson, Josh Richardson. I mean, you know, guys that can knock down shots. I, I think – I don't think KP has lived up to what the Dallas Mavericks thought he would be because of the injuries that he's dealt with. They don't have a guy on the interior that can be that rim protector. Uh, obviously, they're missing, you know, Willie Colley Stein, but I don't think that's going to be enough of rim protection in the playoffs for this team to kind of, you know, make a run. Um, I think Dallas Mavericks will be a, one of the more interesting teams to discuss in the offseason. And we'll get to that later on when we talk about the offseason. But, um, yeah, I mean, I think if they're going to end up right now where, where they're sitting, um, what, in the sixth seed or seventh seed right now, they would probably draw probably a Clippers in the first round. And I think the Clippers would probably take care of business against them um, in the first round. So, you know, I don't see, I don't see the Lakers getting oh, – sorry, the Mavericks getting past the first round. Yeah, and it's kind of like – I mean – it does kind of show the difference between like the Nuggets getting Aaron Gordon, who is showing he could be a real like bona fide piece. And then you look at teams like, like the Blazers and the, and the Mavericks, where it's like you know Norm Powell, and then I th- I feel like Jalen Brunson has kind of been that guy for the Mavericks, where I really really like Jalen Brunson's game, yeah. but he's not capable of being a third guy on a championship contender. You know, he's kind right. of like a cute nice piece for a regular season team similar to Norm Powell. And that's why I love the Aaron Gordon acquisition so much. Cause he can obviously go out and be that guy kind of like, you know, Mike Conley acquisition for the jazz. That was obviously last summer, Chris Paul for the Suns. Um, you kind of see the tiering of the quality and the, you know, potential of the pieces that these top teams added versus, you know, a Blazers or a Mavericks where it's like, yeah, you have Luca or Dame, you could have the best player in a playoff series, but you didn't really, you know, add, add enough firepower around yeah. them. Mm-hmm. we've been going for over an hour this morning <laughs> moon off it's always always great talking uh hoops with you you can always go on forever we will be back on wednesday morning april 7th with another show we'll talk about some more eastern conference and get you guys some more bets um in the meantime please join us in the conversation at sg.pn slash slack ton of nba talk we should have a, also a lot of golf content this week with the masters oh, yes. coming up um, we had a couple ad reads promoting the SGP Masters contest, so definitely check that out. Check out all of Steve's content with uh, him and Capper on the Golf Gambling Podcast. Are you doing anything for uh, the Masters this week? Don't listen to Capper. He doesn't know what he's talking about. I mean, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I, I mean, those two guys have become, uh, you know, two guys that I really have talked to over the uh, you know, past couple of the year, you know, I really got into golf because of those two guys. And, you know, they've become, you know, good friends and, and they, they have their golf knowledge. So definitely check out their podcast. Um, as far as, I mean, we hit Jordan Spieth uh, last last week in the, the Valero Open there, but uh, this is going to be fun. I know we talked about Brooks Kepka last night um, in the Slack channel there, in the golf Slack channel. So yep. definitely check out all the, uh, the Masters um content the golf guys are putting out this week it's going to be a very exciting week we got a lot of hoops got the college national championship going out tonight so uh obviously nba games like we said the masters so it's going to be a fun fun week man so definitely definitely check out all the podcasts um you know dropping this week from from our sgpn crew yes sir and definitely follow moon off on twitter at sports nerd 824 
You can follow me at NBA Zach B. Remember, sportsgamblingpodcast.com for Masters Contest, Tally Site, NBA Picks are up there, and join the conversation at sg.pn slash slack. We will be back on Wednesday. And uh, have a good go, everyone. Go Baylor tonight, plus the four Ooh. and a half. There you <laughs> go. Bonus pick. <laughs> Basketball. Give it, give it.